69%. A 2019 Pew Research study reveals that 69% of American Catholics do not believe that the Eucharist is Jesus, but rather that the Eucharist is merely a symbol. Now, there's much I can say about this. If the Eucharist is not Jesus, what are we doing here? The Eucharist is not Jesus. You don't need a priest to be here. You can do this. If the Eucharist is not Jesus, why am I doing three Masses today? If the Eucharist is not Jesus, Jesus himself is a liar. And we would be worshiping bread and wine. And we would be quite foolish and stupid and idolatrous. But the reality is, the Eucharist is Jesus. And what looks like bread, smells like bread, tastes like bread, after what happens here at this altar, is not bread. It is truly Jesus. And this is what we mean when we say the real presence. The real presence implies the real presence of Jesus. Now, Martin Luther, if we're familiar with Lutheran Eucharistic theology, Martin Luther believed in consubstantiation rather than what we Catholics believe in as transubstantiation, right? It's a mouthful. But basically, what Lutherans believe is that they too believe that Jesus is present in the Eucharist during Mass, but once Mass ends, Jesus no longer remains present. So it goes back to kind of being bread. Well, that's not what we believe as Catholics. As Catholics, once the Eucharist, we would say, is confected, is actualized and happens, he remains. And this is why it makes sense that even outside of Mass, we reserve Jesus in his golden home. And this is why we have Eucharistic adoration and exposition. And here at our parish, we have perpetual adoration. And in fact, we'll talk a little bit about that, of signing up for perpetual Eucharistic adoration. At Holy Communion time, when we come up, we say amen. And amen, what does it signify? It needs to actually mean something. It's not just some token transaction, right? It is a pledge of allegiance. You know, think of us as Americans. I was born here in the States, but my parents and my brother, they're naturalized citizens, and they chose to be Americans. And in that naturalization process, you know, as, as any Americans, it's implicit that there are rights, but also responsibilities that come with that. You know, it goes without saying that when you pledge to be an American, you're saying, I'm not going to be a terrorist. I'm not going to destroy society. Just like some bare minimum standards. When we pledge allegiance, when we say amen, we are committing to the person of Jesus and everything that he signifies and everything that he teaches. It is an intimate, covenant, loving relationship. So bare minimum, it means I'm not going to commit serious sin. I'm going to remain in a state of grace, but I'm also going to be obedient to everything that Jesus says. And if I ever find myself not in a state of grace through mortal sin, then I actually have a responsibility, as St. Paul tells us, to not poison myself by taking the Eucharist, because that's what happens, right? Is the Eucharist beneficial? Well, the response is, provided you're in a state of grace, the Eucharist is beneficial. 
If you're not in a state of grace, St. Paul tells us the Eucharist will poison your soul. This is why Holy Mother Church loves her children. She doesn't want her children to be poisoned. And so she says, if you are aware of serious sin, you must, you must refrain from receiving the Eucharist until you go to confession. Holy Mother Church wants nothing for you to be able to receive the Eucharist, but in a state of grace. Now, because Jesus remains really present in the Eucharist, it makes sense also that even after we receive Jesus in Holy Communion, he continues to remain present within us. And this is just not talked about. And I think this is really um, a shortcoming, really, of bishops and priests because we haven't articulated this, because if it hasn't been taught, then how are the people supposed to know? It's really a, a, both a combination of theology, right, Eucharistic theology. The theological teaching is that Jesus remains present as long as the physical features of the Eucharist remain present. And so even after I digest him, it becomes a biochemistry question. And so biochemists would say it would take about 15 minutes for that host to be dissolved within your digestive system, which means that for 15 minutes, our Lord remains present within us. And if we are a tabernacle for 15 minutes, what is the most appropriate gesture to linger with him, to be present to him? And I'm not making this up because we have the testimony of the saints who believe in this. And they support this. This is why St. Louis de Montfort, even among his prodigious preaching responsibilities, he refused to take any other activity for 30 minutes after receiving Holy Communion. He would only linger and remain in thanksgiving after received such an ineffable gift. St. Teresa of Avila would exhort her sisters, she said, do not waste the hour that follows thanks receiving Holy Communion. And if you know St. Ignatius of Loyola and St. Aloysius Gonzaga, every time they receive the Eucharist, they would be kneeling for two hours. Now these acts of piety and devotion only make sense if Jesus is really present. Now, I would ask you, where do I fit in the 69% of American Catholics who do not believe, or the 31% of Catholics who do believe that the Eucharist really is Jesus? I would ask you this. Let's begin here. Name one person that comes to mind who, when you see, you see their behavior and you say, that person definitely believes in the Eucharist. Now, I might not believe in the Eucharist, but if I look at that person, that person definitely believes. What person comes to mind for you? And furthermore, I would ask you this question. Now, if someone just based, let's say a non-Catholic, based on your behavior, were to, say, were to see you, where would they peg you? Would they say, this person definitely behaves in a coherent manner in such a way that they definitely believe that the Eucharist is Jesus? Or would they say, you know, I don't really see a difference. I don't know, this person kind of behaves as if it's just kind of a symbol. 
And that's something to really bring before prayer and ask the Lord. And we're inspired by examples. We're inspired, we're inspired by the saints who show us the reality and the truth. Today kicks off a three-year initiative of our American bishops with regards to growing in this Eucharistic amazement. And there's a lot of pedagogical factors in that, but it begins first with the teaching, the truth that the Eucharist is really Jesus and it's not a simple, and it begins there. And the coherent behaviors associated with that belief. In the narthex, we will have an opportunity to sign up for Eucharistic perpetual adoration. This is a tremendous gift for us to be able to spend time. The same Jesus who makes himself present right here at this altar at every single mass is the same Jesus we can worship at all times in his golden home, as well as in perpetual adoration. And so we have an opportunity to be generous in signing up because the Lord has been generous with us in being present. You know, he made himself present not to just kind of hang out alone. He made himself present to be with us, to be united with us.